the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Put my mom in a home not too long ago. Um... Pretty rough moment. And it's not the... I always think that things that you expect to feel, you probably won't. Like when my dad died, I didn't feel sadness. I kind of felt like, hey, I'm supposed to be a man now. It was kind of like, don't mess things up anymore. You now no longer have the father figure who's going to tell you to be a failure. You're just a failure. You now no longer have that guy who's like, screw you. Um... And it was kind of a really wonderful thing. And, like, my dad was a bit of a jerk. He was an alcoholic. But he wasn't the outgoing alcoholic. He was the mental. He was never fall over, you know, drunk uh, kind of alcoholic. He was more of a, you know, ah, I see that you misspelled the word cat on your spelling test. <laughs> it's like, jerk? I also got, like, nine other words right. Um, so he, like, if, for instance... He was the kind of dad that, I think there's a rule, you're supposed to park within 12 inches of the curb, and if you were at 14, he'd tell you, like, and he'd say, you know, I'm going to call the police and have them tow your car. I'm like, really? You're really going to do that? Okay, I guess you're going to call the police. So I didn't make it easy for him, and he certainly didn't make it easy for us. But, you know, I bring that up in large part. Again, to say, you know, some things that you expect don't really play out the way you thought they were going to play out. And, you know, for instance, putting your mom in a home. Um, and I became a much better person after my dad passed. Um, putting your mom in a home, you, you feel like, well, first of all, when your dad dies and you take over the, the money responsibilities, you quickly learn, like, he wasn't very good at money. And you're like, I have to protect mom. And then at some point in time, you're like, I have to put mom in a home because I, that's the only way I could protect her from herself. She had fallen down three times last year, and basically, one point in time, she was covering her own fecal matter, um, probably a day away from death. Um, so she's literally the mom who's fallen and can't get up. And do any of her kids think about getting her that monitor where, I've fallen and I can't get up, and she hits it and 911 gets called or whatever? No, we didn't think of that. We're all busy with our lives, and, you know, a child arrived just the other day, came in the world in the most usual way. There were bills to pay and planes to catch. Um, we had lives to live. So now it's my mom's a little on the crazy side. But you put her in a home, and um, you feel like you're abandoning her a little bit. You feel like, okay, good luck, make some friends. Play bingo, and she's doing all that, and it, it, she's in a much better place. But it's still some—you still feel like I'm abandoning her. And I guess that's why some cultures like it's cool to have mom and dad come back and live with you in their latter years. I get it now. 
So my mom's made it to Target twice on field trips, but says Target's too expensive. She was cute and said a pack of bagels were outrageous at $2.99. She paid cash. You know, the home is not going to give her, like, access to all her money. Um, but she also tried to apply for a Target card. And, like, she got turned down for it, but she did. Um, so one, she gets, one trip to Target, she gets bagels and butter, and one, she gets cookies and something else. And it's not a lot, you know, and again, it's just, it's an old folks home getting the people out and getting them shopping and kind of keeping them relevant and having to move around. Um, some days at the, the home, when you call, she says the food's garbage and some days she says it's, it's so delicious. Um, there's a lot of things like she bought batteries and she's like, someone stole my batteries. Like, oh, and that's a bit humbling. And again, this is about $3,000 a month, $3,500 a month. And there's other expenses, you know, Medicare and stuff like that. Um, Medicaid, Medi-Cal, she doesn't live in California. Um, she wants to go back to her home. We moved her out probably six weeks ago, and she wants to go get some stuff. Like, there's no way. Her three children that are making the decisions now, me, my brother, and one of my well, me, one of my brothers, and my sister, were like, if she gets back into her home, she's not going to want to leave again. Like, these are decisions you start making that really show you why you want a very good will, a trust, why you want someone you can help with a, a healthcare directive. Um, she says she really wants to go back and visit. <laughs> And she wanted to do it for a full weekend. Um, and the kids were trying to fix it up at this point in time so we could sell it. And, of course, one of my brothers wants the house. And he's going to be unhappy with that decision. He's been storing stuff in her house for years. So it's like half his house, half her house. But he doesn't live there. He lives with his family pretty close by in a townhouse and not a house. And this is a five-bedroom house. So you can see why he wants the five-bedroom house. And unless he's going to buy it, the brothers don't really want to deal with it. But we're dealing with having him to get his his stuff out of the house. And he's just really slow about it because he doesn't know where he's going to store all this crap. Um, but this is what happens. Like This is why you want to be a good parent and you want to help your kids and you want to have like some of the stuff written down. Um, I don't know what it says in her will. I believe that everything's going to get sold and divided up in cash. Um, that was my input when it came time for possessions. She collected things like Hummels and figurines and things like that in her life. And some of them probably have a value. Nothing, nothing to me. She has a piano in the house. No value to me. Um, but what I wanted was her frying pan. So I asked her, I said, can I have your frying pan? She had been frying on it since she was two. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I wanted her rocking chair of which she said I can have it. And she made me very happy at that moment. Done. My whole will, my whole estate, I know what I'm getting. That's, I got it. And I can actually enjoy it today. Um, it's really a kind of a, an odd thing to say, but as parents, you owe it to your kids. Try to get your financial house a little in order. Start cleaning up the mess in that closet today because your kids are going to have to clean it up one day. You know, my dad had a financial papers on his desk that he was the kind of guy, and I don't know how this is possible. Um, he probably had like 50 working documents in front of him on his desk. That's too much for me. But when he died, I had to go through all that stuff. Life insurance I had to sign, credit card bills. It's like he showed me a person that he, I didn't really want to see. And same thing with my mom. Or, you know, I've got a friend, her, she says, my mom's, my mom's a hoarder. She's a hoarder. Um, and like when that mom dies, and she will die, her kids are going to have to go through the house and throw out junk. Stuff that just, just is ridiculous. So parents, try to get your financial stuff in order. 
Try to tell your kids about, you know, what happens when you die, what happens when you go into a home, you know, what sort of decision do you want, not want. Be smart about it. Be grown up. Have a binder with all your information and talk to your kids. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. We're going to have a good time there. I'm Rob Black, talking money, invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try not to hurt you. That's my number one goal. At the same time, you know, I want to shock you at times. And I want to tell you, you know, in a market that's had a six-year run, start looking for things that have some value tied towards it. Doesn't mean give up on growth. It means time for growth is when everyone's panicked and saying, I want out at any valuation. So just learn how to like control your emotions, and you'll become a better investor. Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, all these different holidays, they start adding up, right? How much we spend on Thanksgiving, how much we spend on uh, Christmas. There's like, there seems to be like no cheap month anymore. Father's Day is a $12.7 billion event from the National Retail Federation. $115 per person. That's pretty hardcore. Um, I don't know. My father, <laughs> I guess I could have got him a bottle of scotch or something, right? Here's a nice bottle of scotch for you. Here's a Bill Murray movie. I think maybe Scrooge? Where uh, for Christmas he gives a kid a carton of cigarettes and a piece of veal. And I'm just like, that's awesome. I've always wanted to give someone a carton of cigarettes for a gift. I've never, ever done it. But I do want to do it. Um, I don't know. I, if you're not in the position to give your dad a $115 gift, don't. Tell him you love him. Uh, have a drink with him. I don't know. seems to me like that we just, we're kind of like stupid as, as a nation goes at times. Like, yeah, Halloween's fun. And there's kind of like, let's get dressed up. This is kind of sexy. Um, I don't have to wear my suit and tie. Women dresses, well, they dress sexy on Halloween. Um, but don't do it if you don't have the money. Like, you don't have to buy into the whole consumer thing. Uh, I told you that, you know, probably the girl that got away from me was a girl named Judy. And right out of college, like, I tried to do too much. I tried to do the Friday night dinner, the Saturday night dinner. I tried to do the concerts. As I like to put it, I wanted the perfect date to be dinner, movie, and sex. That was my perfect date in my head. That means I was providing. I was being a man. If I paid for dinner, I paid for a movie. And I did my thing. But that was stupid. I didn't have that kind of money coming out of college and starting a business. But I still tried to do it. But it was stupid. But I still tried to do it. There was, you know, after I started getting a little bit successful, I'd fly girls down to, like, Miami and, like, we'd go to front row seats at concerts. And Miami's a sexy city. I really, really like 1920s Art Deco. Really, really like it. And uh, it's Miami is a very Art Deco kind of city, so you could stay in an Art Deco hotel, and just the architecture sexy. So um, anyway, um, where does this go? Don't buy into the consumer thing if you you don't have to. You really don't have to. Just 
Don't do it. Grow up. Don't do it. I, I regret the amount of money that I've spent on women. Try to mind love. Judy said to me when we were breaking up, she says, God, all I really wanted to do was sit on the couch and eat corn chips with you. Um, and one of our best dates was um, we both like to draw. And we kind of did the scene from Titanic before the movie Titanic came out. And uh, you know, laying around being drawn two or three hours is kind of boring. But it was, it was love. It was very, very cool. Anyway, a um, couple other things I want to talk about. Financial news. And political news. It's it's horrible. News is horrible. We now live in a nation of sound bites. And if I'm trying to show you anything, I'm trying not to give you sound bites. Buy Cisco. It's a, it's like Crisco. It's hot, hot, hot. I'm not. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to do. But financial news. It's it's kind of tragic. Um. A lot of people read Investors Business Daily or CNBC. Um, and news is so much in the moment. I use this as the, you know, the classic example of, well, now we've got a, a deadly shooting, a hate rage shooting like every 40 days, and it replaces the last hate raging shooting. And like we forget, like I can't get those little kids out of Newton, out of my head. There's something wrong with me. Um see a guy kill kindergartners it's just surreal to me and that's when the news actually works is when they they take over for 72 hours but right now you could turn on cnbc and you know they're gonna be talking about this stock just made a new high is it a buy is it a sell let's go to our panel of experts joe well i think it's a buy tim well i think it's a sell and let's go to commercial. And you're like, well, I like Joe. Joe's a much better looking guy than Tim. I really like Joe. I'm gonna, I'm, I, think, I think Joe's right. Joe, why do you like it? Well, Joe's not there anymore. Um, do you own it? No, Joe's not there anymore. How long have you owned it? What else do you own? So financial news is really the place where you don't want to be. Because you don't get... A, a, if anything, you're getting a color by numbers, and they only just did one number and there's still 500 spots that need to be painted um, for instance I own shares of Apple what else do I own I own a house what else do I own I own an office property what else do I own I own a rental property what else do I own I own a lot of stocks and bonds not no bonds a lot of stocks um, some international some small caps mid caps some large cap my time frame is 20 years I don't expect to hold Apple for 20 years. I saw what happened to Sony in the 90s. I saw what happened to Microsoft. I, you know, I saw what happened to Cisco. At one point in time, Cisco was the most valuable company in the world. Um, I'm not cocky and arrogant. I own it right now because of the low valuation and dividend and stock buybacks and a ton of cash and a product that's become a luxury symbol. Um, I go to the gym every day. And uh, almost to a person, you know, they pull out their iPhones and they're watching their iPhones while they're exercising and they're listening to their iPhones. You don't see that many Samsungs. A couple years ago you did, but not so much now. So financial news, it's too soundbitey, and you don't get the whole picture. And I can't even give you my whole picture. So you got to make this work for you. You got to take some of the elements that you learn and make it work for you. If you're watching CNBC, you are not a very smart person. CNBC is like financial pornography. It's, it's stimulating, but that's about it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.
joining me now, Max Willens, International Business Times. How are you today, Mr. Willens? I'm well, Rob. How are you? I'm good. So you've got an interesting topic for at least the Bay Area, if not for the rest of the nation, maybe for some investors as well. Uh, what are you here to talk about today? Well, I am here to discuss the uh, very, very big jump in ratings that the NBA Finals, uh, which wrapped up on Tuesday, saw of the 2015 NBA Finals wound up uh, pulling in close to 12% of American households, which is the highest uh, overall share that ABC has had since it started broadcasting. Uh, the NBA Finals back in 2002, and it's the highest-rated Finals since uh, Shaq and Kobe were running over everybody on their way to multiple championships. And I think that the biggest thing to pull away from this is that the NBA is really sort of coming into its own and maybe entering a a second golden age for the sport, um, much like the one that it started to get to back when Michael Jordan was playing. The ratings aren't quite up, up at that level that of the kind that we had when Jordan was at his apex, but they're certainly getting there. And there's a lot in these broader numbers that if you're an NBA fan, you have to be really excited about. Do you think it's just an overall trend in the United States, you know, uh, watching habits or was it the storylines this year? Do you think it's the NBA's getting slicker at marketing again? Uh, What's the number one catalyst you would, you would put it on? I think there are, it's definitely a combination of all of the things that you just mentioned. Um, having a, a big market like San Francisco helps. And the San Francisco Bay Area is the sixth largest media market in the United States, which gives it a little bit of a bump. But it's it's not much of a bump, I mean, because the other side of this is Cleveland, which is the 19th largest. But you're seeing uh, just huge interest in the in the game and also in the the players involved. The NBA, more than I think any of the other North American sports, is a star-driven sport. You've only got five guys per team. Because of the lack of equipment, you can really see the players' expressions, and you feel sort of more connected to them than you might say, a hockey player or even a baseball player. And the reality is that most, even the most casual basketball fan or non-fan knows who LeBron James is and is aware of the fact that after a very public and very clumsy departure from the Cleveland Cavaliers many years ago, the team that drafted him and that was his hometown team growing up, that he'd come back and that he was trying to win them a championship and win a championship for a city that's as starved for success as any in North American sports. I mean, Cleveland is now still waiting for more than 50 years for uh, a professional sports title of some kind. And then on the other side of it, um, as I don't need to tell you, you've got the Golden State Warriors who play just such an an aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball and have a a rising star in their own in Steph Curry, who, you know, performed fairly well throughout the entire year. And so you, you add all of that up, and you, you wind up with something that I think a lot of people were, were drawn to uh, this past June. And it had kind of had a, even like a David versus Goliath angle to it, because James is so big and Steph Curry is so small uh, physically. It, it, it was a pretty – I'm not a basketball fan, and I watched the finals. I'm a total Fairweather fan. Um, but it was fun. It was good for the city. Uh, but also like the media market thing, we are a big media market, but we're – we don't really watch TV. <laughs> like, well, there's so much going on, but for some reason we band together for our sports, and that's when we watch TV. Um, so it worked out well, pretty well for. In, di- Go ahead. Uh, well, especially in this case, I mean, the for Game Six, which turned out to be the the series clinching game, uh, nearly 41 percent of the households in San Francisco were watching this game. So, I think it really speaks to the level of. Uh, interest that the, the Warriors managed to stir up uh, for you guys. I mean, and that's understandable. I mean, beyond the, the fact that this year's team was, was really something, I mean, I, I'm a, a big NBA fan, and I any chance I could, I would sit down and watch the Warriors because they just had a really unique and special uh, mix of talent and depth and everything else. But then there's the reality, too, that, you know, if, for the for the diehard Warriors fans out there, they've been waiting for 40 years to, to win a championship. And I think that that's something that anyone can get behind, the idea of, of a team finally uh, getting to the top after decades of, of not getting even close. What's your research showing you at this point in time? Are other sports benefiting from the 
the fans watching, or are we starting to lose baseball a little bit? Because football, football has to be on a high as well. Oh, sure. I mean, f- football is definitely still on on a perch that everyone else is is looking up at. Uh, they they had north of a hundred million people watch the Super Bowl, um, which is a number that you know the NBA Finals is decades away from even thinking about touching. But you know these ratings went up and and the they certainly pulled in a nice chunk of change for uh ABC which broadcasted of uh, iSpot TV which is a company that tracks ad spend um across television advertising estimates that uh they the NBA finals uh generated a close to a quarter of a billion dollars worth of advertising uh revenue for ABC which is certainly no it's you know it's not chump change by any means and i think that you're seeing more than anything that you know for a when it comes to championships uh you're always going to get a little bit more tune in when there's when there's a lot of star power involved ESPN obviously spends an enormous amount of money securing the rights to sports franchises and ABC obviously Disney owns ESPN and ABC a lot of people don't know that um do you think it's going to get to the point though where like there's almost too much sports because like there's ESPN University, ESPN Two, ESPN Classic, um, and then I start seeing Netflix doing well, and I see the cord cutters. But then, bam, these ratings come in. Um, it seems like sports. Ooh, I sh- we should be getting nervous about it, but we're not. It's it's definitely a question that can be answered a lot of different ways and looked at a lot of different ways depending on of uh, you know where your loyalties right lie or what sort of uh, uh, what your what stakes you have in, in the whole thing. On the one hand, um, the reality is that live sports programming is far and away the most expensive kind of content out there that you can get. You know, the uh, total spend that HBO has every year for the new content that it puts out there. And we're talking about pricey shows. I mean, Game of Thrones costs $100 million. True Detective is very slick. Um, and on down the line, they they spend about a billion dollars, and that's not even close to what uh, you know ESPN is going to spend 2.6 billion dollars starting next year for the rights to air the NBA and a season's worth of NBA games. And the reality is that it's it's definitely far and away the most expensive kind of sports programming, and the people that are sports programming proponents will can trot out lots of very big, very impressive numbers about how many eyeballs it attracts, the premium advertising rates, and the idea that sports programming really is kind of king of the hill when it comes to to TV. But then on the other side, you have a lot of people who say that it maybe isn't the the real linchpin and the thing that that keeps people signing up for TV subscriptions. Uh, Just earlier this week, a firm called Digital Smiths uh, released the results of a survey which found, which basically asked consumers, you know, how vital is it and which of these cable channels would you pay for individually um, if given the chance? And only uh, 35% of those people said that they would pay for ESPN, which I think is kind of a shock to a lot of people when you consider that most people assume that the reason that people continue to pay their gargantuan cable bills every month is because they they want their sports programming. It's going to be interesting to watch because like uh even Yahoo signed a horrible game of in the NFL, a Buffalo. Anytime you you're highlighting the Buffalo Bills on the internet stream only, but we'll watch and we'll see what the numbers are looking like because I think uh, at some point in time Google and Apple have a lot of money, uh more so than these big media companies. And uh That's exactly right. It'll be interesting the, uh, to see if they want it. Oh, go ahead. No, no. It's just I, like uh, if Apple ever kicks off a TV product and they get the NFL, mm, it seems like it would be like that. That would be something that impressive. It really would be. I mean, I uh, earlier this uh, this year I was at a, a breakfast where the the heads of NBC Sports, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and ESPN were all fielding questions about about their business and about the cost of sports media rights, and, and uh, toward the end of the, of the event, there was a, a Q&A, and somebody asked about whether people were worried about the prospect of somebody like Google in the form of YouTube or somebody like 
uh, Facebook or Apple, as you pointed out, getting into uh, sports programming. And there, there sounded the tone of the responses was one that was filled with a lot of resignation because, as you point out, they just they, those companies are sitting on so much money that if they decided that they wanted to put in a bid for a season's worth of NFL games, they could they could write a check that it would be very very difficult for even uh, a company like ESPN or, or CBS to match. And the reality is that we are starting more and more to think about watching the, these kinds of sporting events on things other than our televisions. And in, in fact, that's actually one of the main reasons why networks are willing to pony up such astronomical sums is because the difference, one of the key differences that makes sports programming unique is that it's something that you have to watch live. Yeah. Unlike uh, Game of Thrones or the good wife or any other kind of scripted television you can you don't have to dutifully sit down at airtime and watch it you can go oh i'm too busy i'll watch it this weekend or i'll watch it next month as a you know binge watching session but for game six of the nba finals you've got to sit down at 6 p.m thanks very much it's max willens international business times you can find him online at ibtimes.com international business times things. Protect your identity. Dealing with identity theft takes time. Time is money, in my opinion. Um, one thing you want to do is check your reports, your credit reports, often. And it doesn't take a lot of time to check it. You can go to annualcreditreport.com. It'll take you maybe five minutes, and you'll be good. Anytime you sign up for a credit card now, have them text you when there's any purchases over 50 bucks. Maybe $25 is your number. You know, um, See with your credit card or your bank, and sometimes other organizations, if they have multi-factor authentication, a security system that requires multiple steps, i.e., after you enter your password, a bank could send you a text to your smartphone with a code that lets you access your account. So even if a cyber thief gets your password, he still won't be able to use it without having your phone. Um, besides big financial institutions, email providers such as Google's Gmail and social media sites such as Facebook offer the security. Smart thing to do. But get your credit report and take a look at it. There are services like BillGuard and Mint that can monitor your transactions across all your accounts. So I've got Mint.com, and I have it on my phone. And today if I go for a beer... Long week. I'll, I'll crack open Mint and I'll take a look. Uh, I'm not obsessed about it, but it helps protect. Um, don't post things like your cat's name or your dog's name on Facebook or what high school you went to. Keep all that information private because most websites now, their security questions are, what's the name of your first pet? What high school did you go to? Um, things like that. So um, so just make sure, like, if you do post a picture of Fluffy, that Fluffy is not the answer to your security questions. And kind of look at your stuff. Um, I, I, I If you have Facebook, shut down people taking a look at Facebook. I mean, you could really cyberstalk people with Facebook. Because sometimes you just go into the settings, and you, yeah, okay, you can't find anything on me. But oddly enough, all the links to all my friends are there. And then all my friends don't, they, they post and they don't care. 
So I've actually made a pretty hard effort to tell people when they take pictures of me, please don't post that on Facebook. Um, I don't want it out there. So I care about my privacy on some levels. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not kooky about it. Kooky. Um, there was a show called Wow Wow Wubsy. And it's a cartoon, and it's it's for kids, I'm pretty sure. But if you turn it on, and you can't stop watching it. Um, and one of the characters every now and then would just come out and go, Kooky. I always found that to be damn entertaining, and I don't know why. Anyway, um, so protect your identity. Don't be crazy about it, but do it. And just start monitoring your stuff. Annualcreditreport.com. You can get three credit reports per year for free. So every four months you can rotate it between the different groups that give that information. piece of advice I like to give is avoid God syndrome. The moment as an investor you think you know everything or that you're 100% sure, that's when you're going to get crushed. Gold's at $1,200 now. You're like, I think it's going 2000 Or I think it's going to 100 or I think Japan is going to get hit with a typhoon that's so bad that Mothra comes out of the water and fights Godzilla and Japan is wiped off the planet. How do you know that? Okay, well, global warming says so. Okay, global warming says we're making really big lizards. I could, I could buy into that. But how do you know it won't be California? How do you know it won't be Texas? Um, so quit trying to be right. Many, many, many years ago, there was a, a big thing on fuel cells where you can use hydrogen to make energy. And there ain't no shortage of hydrogen. And a lot of people got super excited. Fuel cells are going to be the next big thing. There was a company called Ballard Power. Do you remember Ballard Power? Probably not. And they had a fuel cell bus. That, oh, and by the way, it's clean energy. The discharge, I believe, is water vapor like whoa that's pretty cool you look at you know buses and you go these things are filthy and you go I should buy Ballard Power I know that we're going that direction and you pull out a chart of Ballard Power ticker symbol is BLPD BLDP double play BLDP um, back in February of 2000, it was a $67, no, it was a $114 stock. In one day, it went from 67 all the way to 114 In one day, you almost doubled your money. Now, it's a $2.25 stock. So, it's gone from $115 all the way down to $2.25. The story was a good story. And like Forrest Gump, that's a good story. You tell it so well. I hate Forrest Gump. I hate everything about that movie. Gen A. Um, I don't want some slow southerner telling me a story. That's why they lost the Civil War. They would go, like, they'd try to report back to the general that the North are on the hill and they're coming. They'd go, General, I just saw... They need to speak a little faster. In my opinion. I know you're saying, I don't think I learned that in history books. That the South lost the Civil War because they spoke too slowly. It's true. It's true. And it's a great story and you tell it so well. So back to Forrest Gump. Um, some stocks are story stocks. Like for instance, I think Apple has this great story. The operating system and iTunes and the ecology of it all. And that, that could all go away. That could all go away. Spotify could destroy iTunes. Right? The ecology could change. People could just go from buying music to renting it. Have you noticed that's a big trend right now? With cars? People don't have to own cars anymore. They could rent yours. In fact, you'll even pick them up and drive them around in it. With Lyft or Uber. You don't have to buy a vacation home anymore. You could rent someone else's uh, with Airbnb. Good service, but a little bit problematic. 
I don't think the homes are ever as nice as you, you expect them to be. They've got a review system where you review the home and the owner reviews you. And you don't want to get a bad review. So you're not exactly going to say, it was a roach motel. Um, you're not going to do that. So anyway, so watch out for story stocks. Um, I can't stress the importance of that. The fact about Apple, their story could fall apart, but for now they're selling a crap load of phones and making a crap load of money off of them. When that goes away, that's when you have a problem. So you want to avoid trying to be right. I think you want to play the game. Have you ever been to a horse race? And just look at it as 10 different spots. Slot 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. All the horses usually get to the finish line, right? Now, let's use the analogy that the finish line is your retirement, where you're going to be a grandparent and be wealthy and, and enough money to live till the day you die. That's what I call wealthy. So in the first lane, you can call it small cap stocks. Second lane, mid cap. Third one, large cap. You can have flavors of those. So in the fourth lane, it's small cap value, mid cap value, large cap value. You can have small cap growth, mid cap growth, large cap growth. You could have international. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I'm a French man. I've decided I want to be part of this horse race. So you have international stocks, right? I know you're saying that's probably the worst impression I've ever heard of a French man. Jim Gaffigan, he tells a joke that's awesome. He goes, why do we pay $2 for bottled water? I think he twists it into, it had to be the French. I've got this idea. Let's put water in a bottle and sell it to the Americans. Oh, that'll never work. That'll never work. But we will call it French water. And thus is born Avion. People who buy bottled water are financially stupid. I used to say the word financially retarded, but it's such a hot-button word that I can't say it anymore. Because retarded, you think of mentally retarded. I think of flame retarded. I think of financially retarded, where you want to get to a goal, but you slow your ability to get there. So you want to have this horse race because all those things do well over time. Because of capitalism. Because of free markets. So... That's how you win. You don't, you're not like going, I got to think of the best stock or the best sector. You want to own them all. Because over time they work. Over the short term, anything, it's crazy out there. Anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Damn the French for coming up with Avion water. How much plastic have we wasted and just polluted? And then you, you have got this lovely tap water, which is lovely in most counties and cities. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I think discipline is more important than conviction. I'd rather invest every two weeks for the rest of my life than be convinced that, hey, the market's, you shouldn't invest in an up market, you should invest in a down market. You should, like, I'd rather be disciplined. I always have a little cash on the side if things get ugly. I never try to get too greedy. Maybe sometimes. If you feel like a position of yours is going to kill you, you probably shouldn't be in stocks or the stock market. You should write down why you're buying a stock. And if you can't write down five things what you like about it, 
you probably shouldn't buy it. Do you like the margins? Do you like the CEO? Do you like the board of directors? Do you like the buybacks? Do you like the margins? Do you like debt or lack of debt? And sometimes if you have those written down and then suddenly a manager quits, CEO quits or gets fired or the board has a big shakeup or they cut their dividend instead of increasing their dividend, um, then that's your time to sell sell, because it no longer fits your requirements. Don't gloat after a good trade. This is a market that can humble you. Trust no one. Tips are for restaurants. They're useless for investors. A friend of mine um, last week worked at Intel. And I think she's thinking she was doing me a favor. She's like, yeah, there's a lot of layoffs today. And uh, I'm not going to go like, I'm going to go buy Intel because of the layoffs. Oddly, that's the way Wall Street works. Wall Street likes layoffs. Highest cost of business is labor. If a stock, if stock X is 30 and stock Y is 60, which one's more expensive? And the answer is you don't have enough data. If the $30 stock has 200 shares and the $60 stock has 100 shares, they got the same amount of value. I don't like buying stocks under $5. It's because I have something referred to as standards. At one point in time, I had a standard that... that and I, I still, I still don't date anyone under 25. You're just gonna have, they're gonna have no life experiences. If you're 18, you can date an 18 year old. If you're 25, you can date a 25 year old. But once you're above 25, don't date people under 25 because you're starting to get some life experiences and they have none. You won't know what it's like. They won't know what it's like when the problems arise in life. And then suddenly you're dating this person and like they lose a job for the first time and you have to help them throw it and like you don't realize that they start to drink or you don't realize that they, they, they lash out at you or they haven't had the life experience of a parent dying or they haven't had the life experience of anyone dying. You know, when I was in my thir- early 30s, I had a, a, a good friend die of lymphoma. Um, it's, it's humbling when you see someone your own age. So, anyway, um, I like to buy, okay, so have standards. I don't, no one under 25, right? Another one is uh, buy the best. This is not a game where you have to buy second or third place. Like, let's see, smartphones are growing. You have Apple, you can buy Samsung, you can buy Microsoft, they've got a phone out there. You can buy BlackBerry. Does it make any sense to buy Microsoft or BlackBerry for their phones? No. So buy the best. And in dating terms, if she's got all her teeth versus she's got half her teeth, go for the one that's got all her teeth. Or at least try. And then later on, if life has been bad to you, and, you know, you'll get what you'll settle for it. And that's that'll be perfect. Perfect. Um, I don't think you ever have to chase a stock. I think you can... Netflix is a great example. I wish I had bought it when it was $20 a share. And now it's at 650 Same thing with Chipotle. You don't, you don't have to own it. You don't have to. It would be nice if you did it perfectly. But don't chase. If you feel like, you're, like that's when you're making a mistake. Now again, I think... Netflix has a move, a still a move higher. They're a media company that's focusing on international expansion, not U.S. expansion. And I think they could raise prices down the road. Um, but also, if I were to buy Netflix, it's my riskiest stock. It's like this weekend, if you go to a biker bar, that should be your riskiest decision. I'm just going to go to this biker bar for one drink. Sometimes fights break out at biker bars and they shoot each other. Your second choice this weekend shouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go wrestle an alligator. 
because at some point in time, your luck's going to run out. So know the risk in your portfolio and limit it. Who wants to wrestle alligators, by the way? I just don't get that. Um, I like to look at quarter-to-quarter revenues. I like to look at quarter-to-quarter earnings. I like to look at quarter-to-quarter margins. I like to look at those same things on year-over-year. I like to look at the last five years of a stock if I'm going to own it for five years or plan to own it for five years. Just something I'm, I'm throwing out there for you. Um, if you have a loser in your portfolio, get rid of it. If you have a stock that's broken down and is now a penny stock, sell it for whatever it takes to sell. Don't wait for it to maybe go back up to a buck and a half. Psychologically, it's going to mess with your head a lot more than anything else. Get rid of it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show, supporting the show, and everything else. I appreciate it. Find me online at robblack.com. It's a load of Friday. No work till Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.